podcast listener eyes went wide. He was shaking his head. It was it was as if I'd asked him to eat diarrhea. But but let me be clear. Uh, first, I, I would not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 8147, 23.1. Welcome aboard the Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief purely for the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she tried to forget but couldn't remember how, it's Ambassador Danae. Where am I? What are I? <laughs> you are apparently an android. And he's too cool for spinning ships for firing... F- good, And good. he's too cool for spinning ships for firing phasers. It's um, uh, Commodore Dicer. <laughs> I just leave all would, of that would, in there. Would, you, would you like to give it another shot, Ian? How many, <laughs> no, how many tries you do you can, want here? If you can genuinely laugh at it, I'll give it another go. <sighs> how are you doing, people? Uh, Heidi Ho, Star Trek Arenos. Uh, I, I am Aaron Dicer, now on Cameo. That's just how I'm going <laughs> to introduce myself uh, from here on out. We do not allow any kind of product placement in this show. Please watch Cinema Sins, TV Sins, and all other <laughs> Cinema Sins co-products. Are you going to bleep that out? Yeah, just bleep. Um, yeah, bleep. No, just, just Aaron's. Now yeah, on. Just bleep, yeah, just bleep cameo. People yeah, are going to think he's talking about OnlyFans. Yes, OnlyFans. You better bleep It'll that too. Be, oh, oh, Aaron, what, what, what service did... Danae just mentioned I I have I have no I know you want to edit OnlyFans into the statement yes. that's fine go ahead and do that OnlyFans uh, now on OnlyFans see I'm making it really easy for you I've talked I've talked in the past about starting like a uh an OnlyFans where the the personal requests are for like compliments and encouragements yeah and not, it doesn't not have to porn. be nudity yeah it doesn't <laughs> yeah, have to like, be porn at all you did people do it and don't even get undressed yeah that's yeah. what i should do i'll be so popular <gasps> i'll start an only fans and just show my puppies <laughs> yay only pups that's right you know what it would that work better be if you had cats uh i'm just saying you might get and a, then i can little... show my pussy yes yes, yes that's, that's yes it. oh my <laughs> wow. gosh but i do this have week a dead we're fish. gonna be doing season two episode <laughs> five of strange new worlds this episode is called charades before we get into it um mm. let's have one big prediction and one oddly specific prediction ambassador delay go first mm. charades mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or charades before doing that um I think, you know, this is a good time to mention this is an R-rated show. <laughs> I apologize for what I have said. If if you're having to have uncomfortable conversations with mm-hmm, younger mm-hmm. generations, I yep. apologize for that. Charades. <laughs> Charades. Hmm. My general prediction is that there's going to be some kind of a game. And my specific prediction is uh, we're going to see somebody use an erasable marker and specifically hear the little squeaky sound that it makes whenever it's on a clear, <laughs> clear board, you know, not n- because clear boards are really cool, apparently, in sci-fi and futuristic shows. I love that. Aaron, one oddly specific prediction and one general prediction. Hmm, we'll start with the general prediction. Charades feels to me like maybe... We will have members of the team imitating other members of the team. Like th- this mm. idea of like, oh, like body, swap body swap. swap? Yeah, yeah, except not body swap. Like a, a thing where we had that last season. Th- yeah, like a thing where they will 
have to Im- impersonate someone or or something. Mm. Um, so not an actual body swap, but like like a someone fake... has to pretend to be Pike for a diplomatic mission, right? And something they like do the that. Mission Impossible yeah. thing where the two parties haven't met each other, so they fake the meeting by pretending to something be something like that. That's my that's my general okay. Big general. Okay. My oddly specific is that there will be over sixty seconds at some point of this episode with zero dialogue. Mm. Mm. So now I have to sit with a stopwatch for the entire (laughs) episode. And go. go. If there no, if there is sixty seconds or more of no dialogue, it will be obvious. That's a long time. I I don't get that. It's a time. Yeah, that's a couple pages of script. Yeah, you don't. That's a lot. You don't know how long sixty seconds is until you do live radio. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because. There, you can not only can you do so much before you have to be back at the microphone to go live mm-hmm. in sixty seconds, but also you're acutely aware that you can do a lot in fifteen seconds, but sixty. Ooh, yeah, you can. That's a long time. <laughs> and to demonstrate that, <laughs> and we're just going to make sure that today's warning for this episode is used to its fullest. There it is. Um, so we're actually now going to pause for sixty seconds. We can do this in post. It has literally been 10 seconds. I could actually add this in post. I don't know if I will. That's all. People are going to think That's the show long, is broken. That's what I'm saying. It's a long yeah, time. No, it's a but long time. All they have to do is skip forward 30 seconds twice. They'll be fine. Amazing. Um, well, on that top tip, let's head over to 10 forward. Wait, what? No. Let's head over to the holodeck to watch the episode. We'll see you guys in 10 forward. Three to beam out. Transporter noises. Insert transporter noises here. Transporter noises. Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. Most important question first, what is your beverage or anything else that you would like of choice from the replicator, Danae? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I want whatever Pike was making. Any of it. Mm-hmm. All of it. That looked uh, good. Yeah. Right. There was there the was food. like a green gelatin that appeared to be made in the image of like a pyramid that had something suspended inside of it. I don't think that was decor. I'm sure that that was like no, the decor. no that was like a that was a fancy you know futuristic Jello mold type thing that you, you cut into and then I'm sure there's some like crispy crunchy gooey gooey so it's like goo or is it jello gooey crispy crunchy and then more gooey in the middle i know it i can, I can Man, feel I it i just i love the idea of you walking into one of these things biting into something and it's just a marble and yeah. you just shatter your teeth you're like no uh-huh. no not edible that was an ornament mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that would happen commodore what would you like uh i don't care what drink the replicator makes me as long as it makes me a lot of it because boy am i thirsty Oh, okay. Yeah, a <laughs> lot of thirsty, a lot of, lot of, lot of um, things to look at in this episode and admire. It was agreed. also a line from from Spock. He was like, "I'm sorry, I'm so thirsty." I was like, "Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are." Uh, bacon. That's all I want. That bacon looked cooked to perfection. I want Pike's bacon. Yeah, both both definitions of Pike's bacon. That's what I would like. <laughs> okay, uh, Ambassador, give us a synopsis. Deer <laughs> <laughs> in headlights. Uh, in today's episode, we finally learn what really happens when a camera spins around two of our favorite characters kissing deeply with one nose inserted in the other. It appeared to be a great kiss. Everybody else was focused on the kiss. I'm just going to say this right now. I was focused on something I've never seen before, which mm. is that Chapel has an upper pinky tattoo almost identical to mine. I have uh, never... Really? 
seen this before. Oh, I missed that. That's um, amazing. It's either a ring or a tattoo. It looked like a tattoo to me. By the way, I just got mine like retouched. Hers is two lines, not three, but it's in the same location on wow. the other hand. It's the other hand, but it's the same Maybe location. Maybe she had the on... same heart epidemic that you had. I just know. Listen, Maybe she's listen. Too. I just know. It's on the opposite hand because you you link pinkies, right? Like like you know that's a like a cute way of holding hands. Like if, yeah, we if you like if believe you... in love and shit. <laughs> Other things that happened that are interesting is Spock has to not be Spock. I think again. Does this happen before? Did he ha did he did he go like more human in an episode once before? I feel like we saw him struggle. Yeah, he got like ragey during the Gorn episode where his emotions came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I they've skirted. Yeah, they've skirted around the Spock being a rage monster a mm -hmm, lot mm -hmm. so far. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So in this episode, Spock gets to be fully human Spock, and also the writers found a clever way of uh, showing us what that would be like and giving us more Chapel Spock without it technically being that spock is cheating on his woman so well done writers um we got to see a little space adventure <laughs> we got to see a little space adventure as yeah, well we where we get to meet things named colors yep and also spock's mom shows up yeah spoiler alert my favorite character it's the mother-in-law episode of every sitcom this ever this is the mother mm -hmm. it is it is <laughs> Yeah, so this week, Spock gets turned into a human um, at the most inconvenient time, because I guess what, the in-laws are around, and they're going to be judgy, like all in-laws are, and feelings are declared, and Spock has to maneuver his way through with the, with the help of his good buddies. Um, initial thoughts and feelings, gut reactions, emotions, or non-emotions, Commodore. Are, are we going to talk about the predictions? Do we usually do that before we do our oh, feelings? Or? No, no, no. We usually do that at the end, but we can oh, do okay. it now. No, no. So, then, then never mind. I just, I was, I was excited because I got something what? right. So I, I'll I, forget. I will absolutely forget. So let's do the predictions first. The big, the big prediction that Commodore Dicer had was that members of the crew will be imitating other members of the crew. They stood in a line and impersonated Spock. I was they like, look, it happened. It oh happened. my God. I totally missed that. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Everyone did a Spock impression. So, I mean, probably too many plurals in there, but I'll, yes. let, I'll let you have that. That's fine. It yeah, wasn't at least a little bit of it. Interacting. Bit of it, yeah. yeah, but there was a little bit there. I'll let you have that. Your specific one, which <laughs> kind of nearly happened, was over 60 seconds of no dialogue, which... We got close in a couple of places. We got I was like really rooting, I was rooting for them to actually play charades for a little bit. I uh, know yeah. <laughs> they didn't actually <laughs> fucking didn't play happen. charades. Just didn't happen. I mean, if this show did like, you know how during the credits of Friends it would always play like an extra like type five or like thirty second bit. That's mm -hmm. what it would have been after Strange New Worlds. It would have been them playing charades hilariously. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that um, would have been so smart. And maybe, maybe they would have had my prediction in that scene. <laughs> Absolutely. So Danae's prediction was some kind of a game um, will be played just based no, off the title. Happen. They they didn't they, they never played it. They never no. actually played charades. No. Although well, although they Prince did say Dad, they kind of they kind of in, yeah. implied that they did. So I think that maybe I should get a point on that one. But yeah, you get half a point in this game where we aren't tracking <laughs> the points for once. Um, Spring's dad was adorable though, just like an ear. <laughs> It's so great. It's amazing. Uh, and your oddly specific one was someone will use an erasable marker and it will squeak. I, not even close. It's just, mm. I yeah. was expecting Chapel to have like a whiteboard 
where she's doing like the conspiracy thing where she's just I was ready for it her, the whole yeah. episode all of her medical equations just like it's not gonna work or that Amazing. it was gonna be charades time right and that's where yeah. they have to put their answer down yeah. alright Commodore give us your feelings yeah uh, my favorite episode of the season easy uh, I loved this episode loved loved oh, loved nice. um, and, and I kind of had I, I went through waves at the beginning because it you know it starts off with Chapel's voice and I was like yes a Chapel episode let's go Woo! I let's love go. Chapel that uh, was my very first note was Aaron will be enjoying this <laughs> yes it is true and the the thing that happens very shortly after is that we get some uh, uh, Spock uh, narration as well. And I was like, oh, it's not really a chapel episode. It's a love triangle <laughs> episode. And so I really did have this big letdown of, oh, we're just going to be in the love triangle for this episode. Yeah. And that's super annoying to me. And some of that stuff was annoying to me. However, this is a really good story. Like what they're doing here is a really fun way to use a big concept and actually have it uh, drive character growth, drive, you know, plot, whatever the case may be. So I, re I really enjoyed uh, this one quite a bit. I had a good time. Nice. Amazing. Ambassador Danae. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People fall. People are in love in this one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough for you. <laughs> and, they're, and they're forced to admit it in front of their peers and an alien to save the day. So I hated it. I loved it. I'm kidding. <laughs> Did you actually love it? No, I had a great time in this one. Um, oh, that's awesome. I, nice. I continue to be really impressed with how they're taking these char the character Spock specifically in this case and showing us more dimension to this character that I feel like a lot of other people have seen and maybe p possibly be bored with. But they're able to play around with the youth of Spock. And I think that they're doing it in an interesting way. I I'm very curious from a perspective of somebody who's knows who to bring is knows what happens with chapel down the line i have no idea i don't i don't know what happens I'll in the future i'll be talking about I, that i'll be talking I have about zero that. understanding so i don't know if what they're doing in this episode usurps anything that's happening later or it makes it not make as much sense but or even just a spock character because in this episode we like completely go full spock human um and i like i like that they're trying to kind of give some dimension to this character of him ex having a chance to explore part of himself then they tie it into his mother, which because I am a new mom, I'm really like close to this whole child parent thing. Mm, don't it's, fuck with my kid. I was told so many times that like whenever I would watch something and I'd be like, yeah, mom, kid, whatever. And the parent in the room would say, just wait till you have your own child. You'll understand. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And now I get it. So I was really like, I liked how that kind of, came out of left field a bit for me. I didn't see that part of the Spock thing. Um, and then to try to also like parse together, back together this person and see the characters go, yeah, human Spock is not our Spock. We want to have our Spock back. So it gives the character something to kind of go, this is a human part of myself. I've actually felt it in the past. I actually know what it's like to be fully human at least for 24 hours. <laughs> um, so I really thought that that was interesting to think about. The love stuff is love stuff. I can, it's fine. Um, mm. That was okay. But I think what I really enjoyed about this episode was the big swings of the humor and most of them hit for me. Oh, um, this, I, this episode yeah. was hilarious. It's I, very funny. This is the most I've laughed out loud at an episode of Star Trek in a long time. Uh, yeah, really, really similar to you guys. On paper, if you'd have described this episode to me, 
I would have avoided it and probably watched it dead last. But despite myself, I loved it. I enjoyed it so, so, so much. And it is, it's all in the execution and it is all in Ethan Peck and, um, um, gosh, dang, nab it, her name, Jess Bush, um, and Anson Mount and, um, and his mum, uh, Spock's mum and Tapring's mum. Like this episode sings because of the actors and because of the 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 these characters. It is so much fun. I had such a great time with it. And this, like I kind of joked with the intro that you've got that's the mother-in-law episode of every sitcom ever, combined mm-hmm. with the body swap episode-ish kind of that we've seen done a million times. But hey, it works. It's it just it shows you that a concept that has been done can be delivered in a fresh way it can be executed well and that doesn't define the story if it's executed really really well and again this just lets the actors and the characters that we love sing and even though Anson Mount isn't in it much every single thing he does adds to the story is entertaining is funny and and was purposeful um I had a I had a great great time with it um I just to bounce off what you said about this quote-unquote affecting canon and People are going to scream probably from the rooftops there. Well, this doesn't feel like TOS. And how is this going to transfer from Strange New Worlds to TOS? It was the most distracting thing for me as well for most of the mm. episode. And because I know where the Tapring stuff ends up, I know where the cha- uh, the Chapel stuff ends up. In the back of my head, I'm always like, what are we doing here? Until I made this note and no one's going to believe me because I made it partway through the show. And I said, the only way this makes sense is if Spock and Tapring break up. And then dot, 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 things happen between now and then that get us to the place where we are with Tapring in TOS. And then by the end of the episode, they break up. And I now am kind of in line with what they're doing. Because it's not a surprise to anybody that Spock and Chapel aren't a couple in TOS. They don't even have, they don't have the same kind of chemistry that we see now. Which kind of makes sense if they have a thing, explore it now, and it's in their past, and it's ancient history. And by the time we get to TOS, they're just like, yeah, no, that was a thing, we've moved past it. So I'm kind of, this episode, deliberately or otherwise, helped me get to a place where I'm way more comfortable with them exploring this now, because I kind of see the path they're taking to get us back to TOS. Which, long story short, shouldn't shouldn't matter, but for the Star Trek canon brain in my head, it really does matter. Like having 60 years of history does matter when you start playing around with it. Yeah, it does. And I'm glad that it, it they have to do so many things in creating strange new worlds because it precedes the original series. And it's fun because they have these young characters to explore. And it's fun because, you know, for the TOS lovers, there might be like this, well, we know that Chapel and we know that Spock have this connection somehow. I'm assuming that that's on the screen somewhere, that there's like yeah, this curiosity. She, does, she is very flirty and very like kind of because Majel Barrett is such a great actor. She always has this wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing with Spock that makes him a little bit uncomfortable. And I can kind of see the history of that now. If they did have a thing in the past and Spock is like, move past it, move on, bury emotions. And Chapel 15, 20 years later is still kind of nodding to it. Yeah. So that's that to me is it's a way to honor the original series, but then give dimension and mm. also something that that matters. Because I remember when we were talking about this last time that 
you know, knowing that Supreme does something else in the future, seeing the reasoning behind it is interesting for me. So here we have Strange New Worlds doing their character work of new characters for us uh, that we want to know, plus giving life to the characters that you continue to see in TOS. And I think that that's a really important thing to do without spending too much time on it. Now that they're just full on going to explore a relationship together of some kind, whether casual or whatever, I don't know. Um, I think that's a, I think that's an interesting choice. <laughs> and, and also I really, un- I felt like to bring continues to be a great character for me. I like, I really liked her scenes because she brings up really important points. Like everyone knows, but me, and she's, she's touching on some stuff. And so are the parents about this expectation of how they're going to be together and what it means for her and the pressures and all this. So I, I don't know. I, I like what they're doing with her character too, that they gave her a lot of power in this episode to make the choice to kind of go, I, we've just gone through the engagement ceremony and I don't want to go any further right now. And I think that it makes sense to me as to why, although he was human and, you know, not really in the greatest of shapes <laughs> to make any decision. I mean- and there's an argument to be made that Tupring is going through with this to satisfy her mother and has a bit of a readjustment after the ceremony is done. And just like, was that for me? Or was that because my mum was insisting that we do it? Either way, let's yeah. take a pause and see, just quote unquote, discover ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. Dysa, you unapologetically love Chapel. And I'm, I'm right with you there. Did you, how did you feel about, because this, the crux of this episode is exploring that Spock and Chapel relationship. How was that hitting you? I think Jess Bush is very talented. Um, I I am really impressed by the work she did in some scenes that could be very, very um, melodramatic or uh, treacly. Like they, you know, there were just some moments where a different actor um, could have come across as uh, a little bit more syrupy or whatever, and she just plays the. The confusion, I think, so honestly, like there's just there's I really found a lot of authenticity in her performance, which is why I think a lot of that stuff uh, worked for me, even though I'm super annoyed by love triangles when they pop up in pop culture. It's like one of my things like it's just it's just such a it's too easy a thing to do. And it often pits uh, characters into stereotypes as well as into kind of the worst part of us, the jealousy, the, you know, those kind of things, like it plays into that stuff. And not to say that stuff isn't real and it doesn't happen and isn't authentic, but that's kind of what I loved about how it was handled here is it felt like a much more nuanced and authentic way to handle it in this episode. I don't think that's always necessarily been the case with these three in this series, but definitely in this episode. um, Yeah, they felt like believable, I was going to say believable humans, believable people acting mm-hmm. how people would act in this situation and yeah. not caricatures her especially yeah. her especially the, you know ethan ethan peck is doing a different kind of acting uh for 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 most of this episode it also works for me i have plenty of questions that i will probably bring up in the when we talk about sins in stuff um and ian you may have answers for all of them uh which is often the case no pressure Look at my brain. Look at my brain just <laughs> bulging out of my ears. But, my trick brain. but he's doing a different thing than she's doing. He's playing a teenager, basically, right? Like he's playing yes. he's playing an adolescent. She is playing an adult human who is dealing with the confusion of having feelings for someone who is quote unquote spoken for, right? Like that's mm. and the way yeah. that it that it handled, and that they work with. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's there's complications. There's you know um, the the idea of you know leaving things unsaid. Like I thought all of that stuff was was really uh, well handled in the episode. So I yeah, liked I the liked scene it. of her talking to the alien, where the alien, for reasons, needed to understand <laughs> their relationship in order to get around their TOS, mm-hmm. their their yeah. their terms of their their reporting system or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so she has to define this, but yet she refuses to say, I love him. She ref- like she did not want to put it in the wrong category. Like Chapel, the character is really dedicated that her words mean something. And she doesn't seem to be the kind of person who's going to say something until she knows what it is. So I really like that. Like, I think I would really be I'd have a different feeling about this episode if she got to that moment and became a blubbering love mess and was like, <laughs> He completes me. Love. Yeah. yeah. No. I guess, yeah. Because it's more nuanced than that. It's more complicated. And I love her, the, her really honest reaction because of her and um um Ortegas. Ortegas. I like just say it. And it's not just say it. It's more no, it's complicated not. than that. Way it's more way more complicated. More complicated. And they really respect and it, that. To your point, Aaron, it does seem very authentic. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that the writers didn't push the character into a direction that I I feel would be more of that archetypal sort Mm -hmm. of easy reach it's an easy reach to go and so she's in love because a lot of times the dimension of a woman in love character is just like this unbridled devotion you know their whole identity is this loving this person stop everything and just become wife so it's really nice to see that she wants to be honest with this being and talk about how she cares and she needs him to be this whole person but doesn't you know, jump into the love thing. So, you know, love triangles are sometimes, you know, frustrating. Love in general, sometimes frustrating to watch because it doesn't feel authentic. But for some reason, this one really does to me it feel really, really authentic. Just, yeah. Despite I, everything I and maybe doing this before, it, it just, it feels like this is how this story would go, which is a, a tough trick to pull off. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think there's, I mean, there's a good transition there into Ethan Peck. He makes this episode for me. He he is Ethan Peck. You may not know this is a human, and <laughs> he is now playing a Vulcan that has been turned into a human that has to pretend to be a Vulcan again. And when you have to do that level of gymnastics, I am so impressed. And he sold it. And I just I adore every single scene that he's in. And com- considering this is the third iteration of this character, I I just love his Spock, and I love that yeah. he is a young Spock and. Everything he did was just just I, incredible for me. Can I, I call out a it. couple things that just yeah, let's do it. That I love so much. Uh, one of the very first moments, he looks at Mbenga or Pike, one of the two, and he just says, "Seriously, it's so nice of you." <laughs> and I just like he's feeling <laughs> gratitude, so <laughs> kind to me. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's me. Like, yes. <laughs> like I the sincerity bad. is so uh, good. This, yeah, the sincerity was was beautiful. And oh, then... it was so it was sincere and hilarious mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. gold. Like this episode is gold for this character. Mm-hmm. His his little grin is just <laughs> the best. Like oh, the little half grin yes. is so amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I like Captain, and just like the little, little, little tiny uh-huh. creeping yeah. grin, just like just, just like nailed little... it. Yeah, it's it's so wild. it's so good. And they didn't they did that kind of little mini montage where you have three sets. So you have mm-hmm. 
um, Spock cooking with Pike, Spock having dinner, and it wasn't overdone. It was a mirror back to the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like, let's spend the episode looking at the funny Vulcan, finding out how to be human again. Like, they kept this episode so, so busy. I think back in TNG, like, I was about to say snap your fingers and make Data human, but they literally do this with Q. They snap their fingers and make him human. And most of the episode, pretty much the whole 45 minutes, is, wow, isn't it weird being human? And this episode does that, but then piles in three other layers of story that all intertwine and work together as well. So, so well done. I really, I really enjoyed, I mean, all things Spock was really fun. I really, Mm -hmm. really loved it. Like how (laughs) this is going to say a lot about me as a person. And Mm -hmm. I realize that I'm giving permission to judge me, I suppose. But I would prefer that you just, I am a human. I have This is a safe space. It's fine. How how relatable (laughs) was that scene in the room where they're doing their debriefing? And you think you're going to go into a debrief scene, but then you kind of go into his head and he's just looking at the crumbs and it's bothering him. (laughs) But then when he's human, he's like, you're going to need to clean that up. And he's like, yeah, I'll get to it. And then he's just like, you'll clean it up. Yeah, like he totally loses his shit. And it's completely inappropriate. But at the same time, you're like, we all have those days where something just tips us. And just to see him fully unbridled without realizing he's letting in too much. Like it was delightful. So you have like him, you know, drinking too much and laughing too weird and just being the awkward adolescent person. And then there was just this relatability inside of there. Um, and he kind of starts to get the rhythm of it right about the time that his mom shows up, which adds a whole different dimension because having an adolescent episode with a mother there is fucking genius because the mom knows the kid, she you knows. know, yeah. and she's never got to see Spock as a human. Yes. You I know, never had this teenager. What? Why do I suddenly have a teenager? What's this shit about? They have such relatableness to hat. each other. Yeah, I just, I just have to say, uh, I would bet any amount of money that one of the biggest cosplays at the Star Trek conventions will be Beanie Spock. Mm-hmm. Oh my uh, god, Beanie, Beanie Spock is so great. When that Beanie, I laughed so hard when he came around the oh, corner with man. that fucking Beanie on. And Pike just yes and him just says yes, yes and an issue. Like, oh, yes, yeah. standard uh, issue. Regulation beaties. Uh, Can you just back up for a second and imagine mm-hmm. the scene right before this where he says computer. <laughs> yeah. And then he has him make a knit beanie with the Starfleet emblem because those don't exist before that moment. No, he, no but they do. <laughs> this do is not. This is what's brilliant is because this is a callback to TOS because whenever Spock would have to go undercover or they find themselves back in time, Whatever happens, he will always, without fail, find a beanie to cover up his Vulcan ears. <laughs> no so way! now he yeah, so now he's finding a beanie to cover up his human ears. That's why that moment is so fucking mm-hmm. great. Oh as my well. god, that is so dimensionally hilarious. If you, if you Google um like Leonard Nimoy or it. Spock in a beanie, you will find okay. I think it's usually a green or a yellow beanie or something. Oh and my god. It's, it's a- so fucking great. Because Kirk and McCoy always side eye him and just like mm-hmm. What the fuck is on your head? And he's like, Beanie Spock. Dude, my ears. I Beanie didn't Spock is know a thing. this was a thing. And I that that makes this episode sing for me on a right? totally new level. It's genius. I, I really hope that hits home for all the TOS uh, fans because that was it fantastic. I don't even watch a lot of TOS. And I immediately was just like, oh, yeah, that's that's a nod to, to Spock's Beanie. That may they be really- the origin of it. Like they the really, story uh, yeah, I never knew I needed yeah. was there you Spock's go. beanie. <laughs> but the way that they kind of like put through all of the Spock stuff, because like you'll see him 
with his friends talking and you'll see him at the table eating and then you'll and you're like oh that's cute but then they go back again and each time gets a little mm. bit more intense as he's experiencing and then you get the bacon he's like smelling things and he's <laughs> nauseous and everything he's saying is just like I, I wanted more and that's really mm. a good sign for me because sometimes humor doesn't hit for me in an episode like this but this was it just all seemed it all seemed right I mean, we've all felt that way about when bacon. he's like some days I don't cry in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Oh, so funny. I really like if it was a different kind of show, I'd want to smash cut to him in the shower uh-huh. just sobbing. Oh man, it's really, oh, it's really good. What a great episode. What? Was there anything that like? Oh, how did you feel about like the alien creature in this episode? I've, we're kind of like well, going this, to our I favorite wanted to go spots, there next. But... No, no, no. I, this yeah. is where I wanted to go next. I, I initially when they were like. Oh, downtime. I was like, great. Not going to another strange new world. We're just going to spend yes, some time on this surely, ship. Yeah. Why just have one strange new world out of the first half of the season? <laughs> um, but they had that with this, you know, cosmic uh, customer service based alien so race. Genius. <laughs> just so good. Thing. It's, it's so, so good. clever. You're outside the refund period. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just like we've all had this experience. Uh-huh. Now imagine it being like some sort of omniscient, you know, alien yeah. race that's just on the other end of the line. Uh, because they mean the, they mean well. They're like, oh, yeah, sorry. We broke your ship. We, we fixed it for you. Move along. And just the way that entire exchange was written as well, starting from oh, yeah. when Pike like puts them on screen and they start talking. And it's like, who is this? The, the alien is just like yeah, but you well, I'm yellow, me. but you called me. You called like, me. Okay. We've all had that. Like, and yeah, but- and oh, at the very man. end, when when they said no thanks required, yes. <laughs> like it's so, so great. it's so and funny. So we 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 and then you can tell that the Universal Translator is doing some squiffy stuff because it has to find the closest mm. word that makes sense. And when the aliens are like, yeah, we found the recipe for your people, but it was. Um, yeah, one of the beings had contains mixed instructions. Yeah, and you can tell that's just like some translator funkiness. Whereas, like, yeah, no, no, we found a bit of like an anomaly, so we fixed it. I was like, you fixed Spock. <laughs> it's just so great. It's just really, really well done for the for the aliens. I I wanted to mention too. I thought they were really beautiful. It was that nice entire CGI. scene in the interdimensional space is beautiful. It's really, really, really good. And I love that. It's weird because you've got. Like, technically, it's sort of just a blob on the screen. Mm-hmm. But they found a way through CGI and creativity to make a blob beautiful. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's like... And to give it and, a personality. Yeah. And when blue, you know, kind of like zhuzhes away and then yellow comes back in, sort of how they move away, they have all those little circles that kind of like go out. Mm. So it's just like this very interesting and clever way to visualize this being that doesn't need a you know body to exist so mm-hmm. i thought they were really really beautiful and the um the customer serviceness of it all seemed like the perfect way for a vulcan to talk to someone like you're gonna have to find the rules and you're gonna have yeah to, you know go I into find the, the terms and conditions the term yeah the, the fine print the terms and conditions so yeah. it, it it really having worked in customer service i was really in, enjoying that part I mean, I was a little bit triggered because I hate that conversation from the oh, uh, sure. user end. So it's yeah. feeling that pain. Oh, it's no fun giving it either. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not when you really can't do much. But how interesting, too, as the writers to think, we've got a lot of comedy in this episode. Let's go ahead and make this alien 
like this different take on like customer service. But that's another big swing that I think that they did really, really well uh, in this it's, episode. It's really fun, but they don't write it off as like a whimsical episode either. They still have like the hard hitting, like emotional beats as well. I just, it's a really, really, really well balanced episode for me. Yeah, um, it was really nice. Moving away from the beautiful, beautiful aliens into what could have been the tropiest part of the episode. And this is the mother-in-law that doesn't agree with the union. Again, I think massively saved by the delivery of the actor, um, Alora Patnid. Pat, damn it, I'm not going to be able to say her name right. I apologize. P-A-T-N-I-N-A-I-K. Patnik? Patnik? Tapril. Patine? I thought she was incredible like oh the mother character vulcans, yeah the mother-in-law yeah. playing um vulcans can sound easy but she does a really really great job she was the perfect level of like snooty for mm. for what was needed without being over the top like the vulcan that's doing the admissions thing over the top like vulcans are a dick because vulcans are dicks he was like way over the top but i think she did um she did a really really good job of, of finding that balance commodore i didn't like it I didn't like the mother-in-law stuff. It was the worst part of the episode for me, um, both because I didn't understand it, which we can get into during the sins and you can answer some of my questions. Um, and also because I, it felt the most inauthentic of everything else uh, in, in the show for me. So um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't connect with the, the uh, specifically, not just the mother-in-law, but the father-in-law as well. I didn't connect with, how they related to each other. It was very stereotypical, very, uh, I've just seen it a million times and it was the, um, there wasn't anything interesting about it uh, to me. I didn't even think the resolution of it was, was all that interesting from, from their perspective. So it was the only part think, of the episode I didn't connect to. I think I would have liked a little bit more from her after they talking about the resolution after Spock makes his case for what his mum has had to go through. I think I would have liked something that was more from Tapril. like that's a that's a beautiful that was moment. great i'm just saying those two to me they they just filled a very stereotypical role and, and it's also one that annoys me because like i think my mother-in-law's awesome like you know it's it's also <laughs> something i've never like dealt with personally yeah. and so that trope annoys me a little bit too but um. i would usually agree but at least for me this makes sense like i can see why a vulcan would take umbridge with the fact that spock is half human and polluting their family line and whatnot so it has a yeah it's tropey but it has a little bit more kind of weight behind it that i kind of understand ambassador it's interesting i it definitely felt tropey to me the the i that we've seen i've seen the storyline you know in other places before with the these characters so i believe that it's possible for this to be very important and the way that that was written to kind of push forward that this union is already in question there's a lot of pressure and it to me i can kind of put a lot of it into oh this is just like how vulcans are and i can not really mm -hmm. like think about it too much where i judged that section was this is where i'm a bad person i think <laughs> i'm like doesn't this ritual just seem a little lame <laughs> <laughs> no it is it's something that i have a lot of sins for like, um, like, yeah, okay, truly. so we're going to make some tea, but you have to pour it slowly. That wasn't mentioned before, but we're going to mention it now. And the pot has to be super hot. And then someone tells you that you're not a great person for a minute or whatever. It's, and only Vulcans can handle that. Like, listen, 
I have handled that mm-hmm. so many times in my, oh my life. Goodness. I have handled some very hot things. I used to work at a pizza place and I delivered pizza straight out of the oven. I mean, these hands have held hot pans for a long time yeah. and you just lose feeling like that. I can pour hot water. I can make a freaking tea and I can listen to somebody bitch about me for a minute and not react to it. So to me, I was just like, I don't understand how this is so Vulcan. The one thing I obviously cannot do is read someone's mind and share a memory how, you know, so mm. so that part was really interesting to me. But the rest of it seemed like this this ritual had to be performed in like this very special place what are we missing? Like, well, I just felt like I was kind of missing something, but I, uh, I don't think that was supposed to be the forefront of this episode. And I think if they would have yeah. spent a lot of time on the ritual and making mm-hmm. it very specific, we would have lost the comedy of this episode. Well, and it kind that, of so. echoes back to that DS9 episode we watched where Jadzia has to go through the ritual with Worf's um, adopted mother, kind of. And the most of that episode is spent on that ritual, and it suffers for it because Jadzia yeah. goes a bit loopy, which yeah. you did not enjoy. Um, what I did, like, there was a really, really subtle, really fun nod when um, Tapril, Tapring's mum, turns up and the doors open. The theme that comes in is the bad guy theme for when the Romulans turn up in TOS. Oh, so it's Jesus. A bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and it's really subtle just playing oh, under the surface. Funny. It's like the villain has arrived. It just tickled me so much. It was so good. Um, but no, I, I, I get it. It's tropey, but that actor really sold it for me. I enjoyed it. And maybe there was a bit too much goofy comedy from her husband, but he was just adorable. Just totally disagree. Soul, totally his soul disagree. has just been beaten out of him and that's and adorable just, you just, find that yeah. adorable <laughs> i don't think it's nice but in this context he was adorable in the vulcan culture is the female the dominant um no is that... it's no i have so many a... questions about this i mean we can yeah. get into them now if you want like i, yeah, I, do, I, I had, I had a general sins, discussion yeah do i do not understand how a logical race has and i'm going to use an old term for this i could just describe it but i'll just say henpecked like how that would even be a thing in a logical race. How would that even ever develop? There's no logic to the idea of like we have been shown Vulcans who always speak their mind because you take emotion out of it and you just present the facts. So how do you become a husband who is like, oh, I love this. Oh, you don't like it. I don't like it either. How is that logical in any way? Like how like. I get that it's it's a funny stereotype that, that funny in quote stereotype <laughs> that we've seen a billion times before. But how I, like how does that happen with a Vulcan? So I think I don't disagree with you because and I think the problem is with when we have these aliens, we put them into boxes. So mm-hmm. Vulcans are all logical, everything A B C. Especially in an episode that that is designed to be about the boxes that they're put in. That's what this episode is about. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. Klingons are all about fighting. Ferengi are all about money and that stuff. There, I, I personally believe that there is nuance and different. There is still a spectrum, even for Vulcans. There is a spectrum to how much they actually day to day follow logic, etc. So I can see him being an exception to the rule kind of i don't know why that's a person that she ends up with because you'd think maybe she would desire somebody more forceful but i mean all vulcan marriages are arranged so she just ends up with this potato person because 
it was an arranged marriage and he I didn't know that about the marriage thing that's new information yeah they're all pre-arranged the, uh, Topring and Spock are just lucky well not lucky but they just they enjoy each other but this is a uh, pre-arranged marriage i would like to just say to the chat who has all said the very basically the very same thing which is it's logical for a husband to want a happy wife or it's logical for him not to want to make her angry no it's not it's emotional to do those things mm -hmm. it is logical if you want a certain result to actually state and we see this with vulcans the the, the show has a very specific point about how vulcans do just state what they want or state the case. We see it with mm. the guy doing the interview of uh, Chapel in this one specifically. Um, that so, is not so logic. That is motion. You're speaking from a human emotional level that understands the idea of, oh, I don't want to make waves. That's not a that's not a logical thing. That's not a, mm. a Vulcan thing. Be more Vulcan, chat. Um, <laughs> so, so would it have been different, the scene where the mother-in-law and the father-in-law show up and right away... Pike hands off this thing he's made and, you know, the father character, father-in-law character like loves it. And then the, the mother-in-law points out that it's not perfect. And then the father-in-law is like, yeah, you're right about that. So would that whole scene and that, that plays out through the whole rest of it, right? Where he's kind of open to these things and she's like, no, this is not tradition. This is not what we do. This is not a logical thing. So is the would it have been better if he would have been right in step with her? Because that means that the Vulcans have one way. Because to me, it was interesting to, to kind of see, oh, there's another pure Vulcan male person who sees the nuance, who sees the gray. And that was the father-in-law character played against this mother, the mother-in-law character. So like, because they were playing against each other a bit, you know, and he was more accepting and she wasn't, it's like, oh, there is, there are some, there, there is some room. I see it in Supreme yeah. too a bit, like she's accepting. I kind of it's so complicated which is why I don't I don't have a problem with it because I'm willing to admit that Vulcans are as have the capacity to be as complicated as humans they just don't show it as much so maybe the husband is a polite a more polite and accepting person that actually loves humans and is interested by them and is like oh this is yummy and then gets course corrected and almost reminded that he's with others and has to present a present a front of some sort. So I uh, that's not but, how the character is portrayed. The character is portrayed as deferential no, right. and, and yeah. under her foot. Like that's mm -hmm. how the, the character is is portrayed. But which again, maybe it's a survival thing. <laughs> which 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 again, let me be very clear. Part of the passion you're hearing is I hate that stereotype so much. Yes. Like it's yeah. Like it's it's just been done so many times, and I just don't find it funny. Um, like there's a downside but, to having this strong woman, and the downside is that you cripple the man in the relationship. I think it's sexist it's just against women. I think it. Yes. I think it is a sexist stereotype against women that you know that they are so scary and terrible that you know uh, that men don't even have their own thoughts when they're around them. Like that's mm -hmm. it's. And again, I get all this, as a lot of stereotypes, come from the realities of human interaction and human psychology. Like, I understand all that. I just, in my media, I expect a little more, you know, uh, nuance. So I didn't find it funny. I think what it what it does for me, this episode, is it's like, oh, I don't quite understand Vulcan culture. And until there is a Join Vulcan series <laughs> that is fully in Vulcan, I don't think I'm going to yeah. understand it. But I do I do feel like, like I related to parts of their conversations back and forth like i do know that couple i do know oh, that quote sure. unquote overbearing woman and the 
man who like caves to that because he just doesn't want to, he doesn't have the capacity to go toe to toe on every decision. Like that's not the, the tropes exist for a reason, right? That's what I was saying. Yeah. There's, there's examples of that. How that relates into Vulcan is like, oh, that's an interesting like mind bend for for me to make because I think I have some unrealistic expectations of what Vulcans are. Um, <laughs> yes, and that's probably think, part of it. I as think well. that comes from it. Um, I also I kind of like the idea that in Vulcan society there would be an even bigger step towards an equilibrium. So you couldn't have these two forceful people because it wouldn't make a household that functioned. Now I get the. You, you, it, what you're saying Aaron like it doesn't have to be that sexist stereotypical thing but this is to Pril is the extreme end of the spectrum in terms of being racist against humans and very very critical and judgy and maybe the equilibrium is to have a Vulcan on the opposite end that is a bit more fluffy and vacant I guess I guess part of it too is even beyond the Vulcan thing is I don't if that couple exists in real life by that point this guy already knows how to avoid mm. this. Perhaps. Like this, he's he's you know like there's unless he's just stupid and keeps making the same <laughs> mistake. Some people can be that stupid. <laughs> I know they exist. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's complicated. Vulcans. The more we dig into Vulcans, the more layers you get, and suddenly everything becomes canon, and everything becomes a reference point. Like mm-hmm. in ten years from now, we'll be able to reference back to. Oh yeah, the mm. season two episode charades yeah. showed that Vulcans do this, and that's now mm-hmm. canon. I'd, it's interesting for yeah. us because we're in the moment, and it's it's new. Yeah, I I like that. I like that a lot. I also I also really like I like learning things about the Vulcans. I'm very curious mm. about them, and so I don't mind them continuing to show what their version of the new like the nuances of this alien creature are. Like yeah. learning about the smell thing. Well, that's well, that's and, interesting. Well, that's a callback to Enterprise because I think Enterprise is the first time that they mention it where they have a Vulcan science officer to poll and she's just like, y'all stink. Like, why? I hate I hate being on this ship. You are overpowering. So it's a nice little nod to that as well. But do have a great sense of smell. Did not know. You're dealing with you're dealing with a situation as with a lot of world building. Um, mm. It's not like somebody sat down before TOS exactly. and this was, was like, "Here's point. the encyclopedia yes. of Vulcan." They've been making this up as they go along for what are we going on now? Sixty, 60 years. years? Uh-huh. Yeah. So they they've been making this up as they go along. So you know it's going to have pieces it's that my, seem to conflict and i'm so glad you mentioned that is my single biggest bugbear with the gatekeepery overprotectiveness right. of it of this isn't klingons these aren't vulcans my dude as if you fucking know like nobody knows because nobody wrote a dictionary before the fact if there no. is an encyclopedia out there and i'm sure there is <laughs> it's been point, made sure. It's been made based on the stuff we've seen on TV. If it's in the show, mm-hmm. guess what? That's what Vulcans are. Mm-hmm. It's so like it- being a dungeon master of Dungeons and Dragons. Go with me on this. First, mm-hmm. you start your campaign and you say something, and then you say something later and you realize that might right. change something. And so you write it down and you're like, okay, so that would have had to have happened Constantly before this for this to make canon. sense. So there's the timeline of what you said in the order that you said it. And then there's the actual timeline that matters, which is, you know, the information that you would have before that first thing that you said. And all of that is just because somebody is making it up. Some wonderful, beautiful mind is making it up. I and and I like to think that there's diversity in every single Vulcan, but my way of thinking of them so far has been there's a universal logic and that they all kind of aim towards that universal logic. So I would have thought that the adults have had more time to become 
this universal logic example. And in this case, we saw two kind of different uh, adults. But I, I was interested also in like thinking about the human that had to be alongside the judgment part of it. So, I mean, if there's anything we can be said that can be said um, in this episode is that racists exist in the world of Star Trek and they're not afraid of putting that in the screen and they're not afraid of pushing on yeah. that. And I think that's important. Like there were some things that were said and it's about me, like the I smell. Okay. Listen, I know I'm working on it. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's hard sometimes to watch it play out, but I think that they did the right thing in this episode to bring in that extreme character who didn't want Spock to be part of the, you know, their world because he is half, like he's, he's half human and and that's a part of his story. And then we got to see like the mother character and him relate to her enduring all of that for so long and getting to learn more about her. And I love that character. And before we move on to the sins, I just want to say like about her and specifically, I thought that it was really fun to like have a human Spock and a human mom and then like a Vulcan Spock and then the human mom by the end, like they kind of had this moment. I like how they said like it was this arbitrary part of him going to school and you knew that there was more to that mind meld yeah. moment and then before she you know beams back home or whatever it's like um the moment was when he was accepted and though the, that's just a beautiful nod to the poetic you know writing of it and it just she had this like really like i was really drawn to her personality for for She's some reason great. she was so powerful on screen in her humanity and going toe to toe with people and knowing all of the rules and trying to follow all of the rules, but also be a human and lie. It really did and feel she's like, like she's been doing this for decades. And she's been lying for a long time. When she picks it up, she's just like, this hurts like fuck, you know, and <laughs> doesn't actually yeah. say it. And I don't know, there's like a certain part of that that was really powerful. So like, what a great, what a great moment to be able to introduce a really important character to Spock at this point in the storyline, you know. Uh, early on we get to kind of see that relationship i love that part my final thought on that element is for me personally and i think this is similar for a lot of lot of star trek fans is that because vulcans are driven by logic and reason you would hope that would follow that they weren't racist dicks like you would hope that the basis of logic would mean that you accept everybody and it doesn't matter if you're human half human or whatever so for me it's always been jarring that Spock's half-human elements haven't been accepted and embraced and seen as an imperfection from a species who value logic, reason, and, and the truth. So for me, those things always butt ahead because I think it's, it's actually really fucking illogical to put that much energy into hating this person that happens to be half-human. Um, it's just always been an internal conflict for me that Star Trek has tried to explain and get around multiple multiple times and i think we'll continue otherwise the vulcans become perfect don't they they just become this irritatingly perfect race with well, no and that's that's at the end of the day the issue with creating alien races is if you create them not if you create them completely to not be like humans then you re, you remove their relatability to the humans exactly. who are watching and so every exactly. alien race has to be relatable to the audience yes. and in order to do that they kind of have to be human so vulcans are yeah. human like it's like the things they deal with are the same things we deal with. So, and that's yeah. exactly why. That's exactly how Gene Roddenberry saw the aliens. Were like the Ferengi were. This is the capitalist. This is, mm -hmm. and not just capitalist. This is the greed. This is everything mm -hmm. greedy about humans in a species. The Klingons is everything violent. The Vulcans is everything logic and take the emotions out of it. So every alien in Star Trek is a variation on a human theme mm -hmm. uh, in order to make them distinct. So yeah, yeah. it's 
it's bottom line it's why star trek is so fucking cool people um anything else before we move into the fun scenes yeah i got some stuff uh okay. i think oh, the reveal stuff. let's do it I think the reveal of the of uh, Spock protecting uh, Chapel oh with the shield goodness. is great. I think it's handled yeah. really, really well, and it comes as a beautiful reveal. And mm. it's not telegraphed at all. I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it wasn't telegraphed at all. It was a mm -hmm. genuine, and they you did a little flashback to show that it happened, mm -hmm. which I could have done without because I believed yeah, we didn't him already. It, but but yeah. it was it was kind of like oh yeah they did do that right in that moment a lot of times with the stuff the flashbacks it's like i just saw that i didn't need to see it again but in that case i was like oh, oh i missed that of course because they're just touching buttons on a they're just touching buttons on a thing like i i pretty much ignore all the buttons that are touched because <laughs> they're it doesn't Understandable. matter yeah um, I also really enjoyed the message uh, about accepting for uh, someone for who they are and not wanting them to change, even if it's better for you. Um, mm, I think yeah. there's something really relatable uh, about the idea of, oh, I, I love so much about this person. I really wish this was, I really wish they were different in this way. <laughs> like there's this, this thing yeah. about them that really annoys me. And if you're in a world where... It just has so many models. <laughs> if you're in a world where that switch can be changed and you look at that and go, oh, great, I've got my perfect person now, then do you really have your perfect person or do you have a different person? Like, do you have... Like, there's... I just think it's a really... Not only an interesting psychological idea to explore, uh, I think it's beautiful where the show took it, which is I want this person to be who they really are my uh, affection for them, my love for them, isn't based on the the negative things about them to me or the positive things about them to me. It's based on my uh, relationship to them and my choice to love them. Um, my goodness. So, yeah. Imagine if like more relationships were less about huh, trying to find your quote unquote perfect pairing mm -hmm. and more about accepting the human in front of you and saying, hmm, is this stuff I can live with or not? And if it isn't, <laughs> Then make some decisions, but don't try sure. and change them. Yeah. It's yeah. a big deal. Don't yeah. try to change And that's them. not to say you can't encourage growth in the people who you're close to. Like we all mm -hmm. can sharpen each other. But you can't we all control can... that though. No, and you can't and you can't in in finding that balance between understanding what is evolution and what is growth and what is just built in personality, whatever it you know might be, is is part of the trickiness and nuance of having interpersonal relationships with other human beings. But it's, uh, I, I just really liked how this episode handled I that. did too, yeah. Cause it, you, you kind of had a moment where you're like, Chapel could have changed Spock to be more like what maybe she yeah. would want, but she, did, she didn't, she didn't want that person. She wanted to have the actual mm -hmm. Spock, which was really She doesn't powerful. know who that human Spock is really. Um, no, and he was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit awkward. awkward for me. He would have grown up a little bit, though. It probably, yeah, he would have grown up a little bit. I, I like how I would have two more things that I liked. If yeah, we're, go for it. Real quickly, I really, and I know we talked about his performance, but Ethan Peck, like when he became Vulcan again, and we saw his facial mm. expression shift back, it I reminded knew he was me. Nail that. It reminded me of Data. Uh, you know, yeah. watching Data's expressions and just, and then being able to just emote in these different ways because. It was so strange, but there was the, there was just subtleties. Even when he was trying to suppress his humanity and appear more Vulcan, there was still something "quote unquote" wrong about his face for me. I couldn't figure it out, and he saved it for the very end when he became Vulcan again. I'm like, there he is. I see, and it's just great work. Like that was 
super powerful to just know that someone's using every muscle of their face to do something mm-hmm. unique and then get back to like square one where where the character is. I was really, really impressed with that. Um, it kind of makes you realize how much work Ethan Peck is doing every single second every single he is second. on screen. I know, it's yeah. so good. Uh, which reminds me of um, the person who plays Data that I can't remember his name and I'm sorry about that. Brent Spiner. Thank you. And then the other thing that I really liked was Chapel wanting to be accepted in this sort of interview space and being uh, rejected um, and then taking her power and kind of going like, actually, I don't want this. I don't want this because I'm doing things over here that matter and that are going to further what my career is. And I don't need to do this to get to it. And I I kind of liked that moment because you saw the Vulcan begin to reach for the power. Like you saw that that person that's like, well, what did you do? And start to kind of reach out and want to make that connection. And she's just like, I don't I don't need those. You know, I got people to go fuck. I'll be right back. <laughs> person. Yeah, my my. No, I love that. He was a little bit over the top, but I it was a great moment for for her um, for sure. My my last thought was just how. It's a bit of the episode I didn't see coming. And it was how it's like human Spock knows the kind of knows what he's doing is bullshit. Like this entire ceremony is just nonsense and bullshit and just pandering to this horrible woman. But it's not until he turns back into Spock where he gets his his full power back and is like, mm. I'm Spock. I'm now comfortable to call this out and yeah. get your mouth off of my mother because my mother is a great person and she's stronger than you think she is. But human spot couldn't have done that because he wouldn't have known is is this just my human emotions that are making me feel like this? When he's back to being Vulcan, he's like, oh no, this stinks. And I'm now back to me and I'm gonna call it out. I loved that moment. It's one of the best. Usually when they get through all of this stuff and a character decides to burn it down at the last second, you're like, why did you bother? Why did you do that if you're just gonna piss yeah. on it? But this made so yeah. much sense. That's a really good point. I'm glad you pointed that out because it was a really powerful moment where Spock was kind of taking his, you know, taking that power for himself and apologizing mm-hmm. to his mother for things that he just hadn't realized yet. It's always yeah. powerful too when somebody has an apology on screen because they're all telegraphed, you know, it's been Usually, written. Yeah. So as a viewer, we're watching these moments knowing that they're not necessarily genuine, that we're watching mm-hmm. someone have a you're being forced to apologize because I wrote it that way. Yeah. And sometimes it just doesn't feel very genuine. There is so much genuineness in this episode, I think, mm. through and through. And I like that you pointed that out because that was a really um, that was a really profound moment. And I agree with you. I think it yeah. coming out of the character in his full self is really powerful. Yeah, it really hit me. I was like, he he's saying this not out of impulse. He this is Spock choosing right. to now say this. Because it's logical. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, it isn't. But <laughs> it is. <laughs> Anything else before we start sinning? Nope. Let's start sinning. Okay, let's head over to where do we go? Engineering. Red alert. Warning: warp core collapse in ten seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains and remind ourselves that no TV shows about sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Commodore, you go first, sir. Okay. Um, what? Yeah, you're bothered by the crumbs on the table, but you just wipe them on the floor? That doesn't the solve fuck? anything. Yeah, right, right. What is, how, is, how is that the choice he makes? That is, it makes no sense whatsoever. You were just bothered because you could, you, you could see them on the table? It's yeah. not, it's not, not cleaner. Logical. 
You did not clean those. Now I can't see them. If I can't see the mess, it doesn't exist. It's Schrodinger's crumbs. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fine. Ambassador. I didn't have a ton that I wrote down in this episode. So I'm probably going to go through my notes really carefully yeah, as you it. guys well, kind of go back and forth because sure. co- like the ones that I was writing down in the moment sort of resolve themselves. Like I wrote down a sin when Chapel and Spock were in trouble. Like, why aren't you just beaming out? And then later on, it's like, well, we can't do this because there's distortion field. Oh, right. I forgot about the distortion, distortion field. You know, there's a we reason well, why. Like delete transporters. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. No use. I can't. I can't ignore that. Um, or like when they're trying to resolve the the Vulc, like getting Spock to go back to his Vulcan self. And I was like, well, why don't you just put a Vulcan and a human into the two and Spock into the spacecraft and then like go back through and then they'll turn him back into a Vulcan. You know, like I was trying to think like just use the resource that you're still right there and then they end up going back to use it as a resource. So that sin kind of like resolved itself. But it does feel like that should have been option one. Instead of like resolving genetics and like recreating a hybrid why not immediately fly back into the anomaly yeah it seems like that would be good yeah um my very i think my very first one was laan and number one they're just on the shuttle like scanning everything laan just picks up the alien thing like instead of (laughs) quarantining it and just like uh commander we have a thing we've got a definite bogey i'm not going to touch it in case it deletes me i'm just going to pick it up and be like hey this looks like fun yes yeah dumbass um let's go with here's what i'm going to talk about and i would have to craft this into some sort of sin but i wanted to have this discussion Ian, and i need you to help me out on this it goes to the idea of spock becoming human why all of the sudden the first thing he wants to say is uh what the f right and he Mm -hmm. gets cut off Mm -hmm. which is hilarious right i get it's it's funny but isn't that more of like, isn't speech more of a habit than an emotion? Like why, like, why would he be saying things that he doesn't have a habit of saying or do? Another one's cracking the knuckles. This is a great example of this. Mm. I don't think he would be cracking his knuckles if he was nervous. That is a learned behavior from watching people do that when you grow up mm-hmm. and you see it and you try it and you're like, oh, this is an interesting way this feels. It becomes a habit and you start doing it when you know, you're know you nervous or whatever. It's not something mm-hmm. if you've never done before and all of a sudden you have a nervous ear motion. It's like, oh, this feels <laughs> right to do. People just crank the knuckles. <laughs> like oh, that kind of stuff was, yeah. was, it was learned behaviors in habits all of a sudden because he was a human and had emotions that he yeah. just had. Listen, I could make up excuses. I could make up excuses like um, his mother, Amanda, would crack her knuckles when she was nervous. And <laughs> something that he picked yes, but up he on would've... but suppressed. <laughs> and sure. now that he doesn't have sure. to suppress okay. it anymore, right. it comes out. But I'm not going to do that, Aaron, <laughs> um, because the show doesn't tell us that. The, so I completely agree with the knuckles thing. The 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 what the fuck thing, I, I am more inclined to see as fine because... It isn't the, and you know this, it's not that Vulcans don't have emotions, it's that they suppress them. And now he's just not suppressing anything, so explosions just come out of his body. And swearing is one of those explosions. If if you've been a swearer, I have a very unique ability to speak to this. I have not been a swearer. Mm-hmm. And so when when I had to learn how to swear for my job... <laughs> yeah, You're you welcome, we're teaching you, before. we're teaching yeah. you. So like it's like it's a learned behavior, like our entire vocabulary is a learned behavior. We learn how to speak. Right. So if 
if he hasn't been a swearer before, it's it's weird to me who's uh, somebody who has literally had this experience that just be like, oh, now I swear because I have emotions. Like you would say something to to relieve those emotions, but that I don't think that would be the first mm. thing on your mind if that I, wasn't something you would learn to do. But it's really funny. <laughs> it is really funny. Fun. I agree. It's really funny. I just, Having been I, the person that was in the vehicle when Aaron first decided to become narrator for TV Sins, <laughs> and he was in the car with me, and he said, "Danae, I need your help." And I said, "Of course. What what can I do?" And he's like, "You need to teach me how to swear and make it sound like I actually know what I'm doing." And I was like, mm. "Fucking game on, brother. Let's do <laughs> Let's it." Go. And so in the car, we would practice swearing. Um, well, he would insert his his um special non-swear <laughs> words so i had to get over the laughter part of his journey but th- we're still yep, working yep. on it i'm waiting for the one day then the f-bomb drops out naturally i'm just i'm so excited well, for I've, it i've told you this story uh because i use uh, uh good place swears for the bleep mm-hmm. words right so i use yeah. fork and shirt and those kind of things and specifically do that not because i think i would be like doing anything immoral by saying those sounds uh but do so because to pop out that's exactly right. You, you like don't want to be that guy. I, right. So there's this this interesting element where now I have literally in real life said forking in shirt. Like it has come out of me it's because I do of, it yep. so much now. It's what's, the weirdest thing. What's interesting is that you are swearing. When you say correct. forking exactly. and shirting, correct. Yep. you Ab- are swearing. Absolutely yes. correct. That's yep. the interesting part of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I totally agree with you in, in believe that I, I just, I choose to, and I think we all do this on some level or another, we choose to, uh, neuter our language for mm. the benefit of others, you know, because we don't, they fuck that. <laughs> I, I'm not just talking about that. I'm saying I, I can't guarantee this, but for most people, I will find a word that you won't say out loud. I can find it. Oh, e- immediately. You can find one. I won't say I, out loud. Immediately, correct. But that's a correct thing. Like that's, a, that's about it's not, <laughs> yeah. So, that one. so there's a reason for that's that, not right? Of the word that's because of the cultural connotation, connotations yes. and how it's been used. Thank yeah. you. And that is the same for swear words that we would typically use. Like yeah. those, those mm-hmm. have a cultural connotation, and in certain mm. groups, are mm. they do hurt people? Like they yeah. do, you know. So yeah. like it's, I find it's one of my favorite topics. But anyways, yes, I, yeah, I, I, I found that um, a little. Well, how bit, did we uh, get onto that? No, I, that was the sin. I, His sin I, was the yeah, word it, fuck. Okay, his sin is the word be, fuck. Let's move on. <laughs> it might be that he's around the crew a lot, and because this is, I mean, it's streaming, so they can say we the can F-bomb. move on. We we can move on. <laughs> oh, I love this. <laughs> No, I just, I think maybe the crew are dropping F-bombs a lot more. And now sure. Spock has been around that for years. And maybe that is in part of him and he's trying to suppress it a lot more. And now he doesn't have to. But I, just did, I, I didn't I think it. we were actually going to take 20 Listen, minutes to talk with about Danae. it. Sorry. I've been friends Sorry. with Danae for over 10 years. So like. 13, I, I, I think now. <laughs> yeah. And you haven't got the urge to. Yeah, you're no, proof. No. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Right, uh, Danae, go for it. You must have had time to find some sins between <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I have a couple silly ones. I think I would just be like Kirkovians. Kirk. Oh, pick any other Ding. one syllable like I just word. Because I just would have been like... All I can like, think of is Kirk. Wink, Kirk wink, find nod, that was nod. weird. Yeah. What a weird name to give them. Yeah, it's very, very odd. Um, right, I had... I guess we finally found out that Vulcan eyebrows are genetic and not a fashion choice. I always assumed it was just a fashion choice and maybe they shaved them because their hair is a fashion choice. Mm-hmm. Sideburns. And maybe it, the sideburns are a fashion choice. Every part of grooming 
largely is a fashion choice. So it's it's just interesting that their eyebrows are genetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved it when the mom was like, a mother knows. And I was like, no, I think it was maybe the whole thing where he yelled, screw logic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, there's no a mother knows about this. He literally said the word, I don't believe in logic. Yeah, like, I don't think this, this was a hard leap yeah, to make. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Um, my next one is a silly one. Uh, there's a moment when he's able to smell and he says, what is that amazing smell? And Pike says, oh, that's bacon. And I think my sin would just be assuming that the great smell is bacon. Why does it always have to be Of course it has to be bacon. bacon. Are you an idiot? Like, of course it's bacon. Excuse <laughs> you. Wow. 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 Those are fighting words, <laughs> friend. Yeah, yeah. I say the word friend in replacement of other curse words that I'm thinking <laughs> yes, right now. understandable. No, but there was like so many things. Like they were like yeah. crushing herbs earlier. Mm. And he's making this really intense now meal. And but bacon one so i think i would just jokingly try to send then obviously ian would cut it if he was my co-writer it's always bacon you have to make your jokes believable it can't just be sending bacon the contrived way they had to find pelia after have to find a way for pelia to not be in the episode now obviously there's a reason that they can't have carol kane in every single episode for reasons but you kind of have to acknowledge it and i was like can't we just have Carol Kane in every single episode? <laughs> Does she have to be gone right now? She's kind of the himmer this year, right? Like, it's kind of that, like, just yeah. disappears uh-huh. and, yeah. And she's going to die, probably. She's going to die in episode eight or whatever, yeah. Uh, some weird pop culture quotes in this one that I would have to sin. Um, mm, okay. He says, I will break you, which is from Rocky Four, and it's something nobody says unless they're referencing Rocky Four. Really? Uh, and the the way it was said, and then the other one was okay. hold, on, hold on to your butts, which is a direct Jurassic Park line. Like it just, I don't they know. It's just Jurassic weird Park. to me. They watch movies. The yes. classics still yes. still survive to the twenty four hundreds. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park is only two hundred and fifty years old at this point, Aaron. It's true. It's true. Um, uh, I would also sin. I don't know. I'd have to dig into this one and let's not like dig too far into it today. But like, <laughs> okay, we went really far on the cursing thing. Let's just, yeah. you know, um, for uh, there was a statement that was made early on, like that this, the medicine that the Kirkovians are creating is like, quote, the more, more advanced than anything available today. And I was like, but haven't we had the same theme about medicine being more advanced than anything that we've had today multiple times already mm. especially like in strange new world season one there's a child i can think of that's still being sucked dry uh because they have it? super advanced something blah 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 i don't know i just feel like this is a theme that's come up and it would require some research on my part because i think strange new world has referenced the most advanced technology the most advanced medicine available today including well, i think what una has yeah and it just is like okay so this is a theme there's always somebody who has the most amazing thing and i'm just i would like for them to say maybe the third most just amazing mediocre. thing that i've yeah, heard in exactly. the last year you know that's not, like not that. as fun that's not as impactful i would love an episode where every single race that's been described as the most something are all in a room together and we hash out exactly who is the most advanced because strange new worlds isn't the first isn't the first people isn't the first show to do this every iteration has at some point said this is the most advanced dot 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 that we found okay did that usurp the last one or are you just forgetting about that so yeah you're right the medicine i'm just going to jump off the medicine just because uh i did have 
a question about this super advanced race that creates medicine that just happens to be progressive uh, so that the plot can have the ear reveal moment instead of just changing him back uh, immediately. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, re I really think she should have given him that shot and his like ear, fake ears thing should have just popped off as the real I know, ears. I was hoping <laughs> for I was that. the same thing. Like, <laughs> and then, just midway through the ritual, the ears just like raised yeah. up and fall off. I, the other thing that I was hoping for was when he went to go reveal, he's like, I've been a human all along. He pulls him off and that's just his yes, normal ears underneath. Yes, and <laughs> still there. They've been immediately like, what did you do? They're still Vulcan. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I this was a really weird one to me, and and Aaron, I'm going to ask you this as the Trek expert. Oh, thank you, thank you. Why and did Spock forget all of the Vulcan rituals? Like, this isn't a memory thing. Like, did he not know? Thank you. Anything that about was a this big one ritual? For me too. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it like, comes back to that practice and habit thing, right? Like, just yeah. because you're experiencing motions, number one, doesn't create new habits or practices, and yeah. number two, it doesn't eliminate old practices or habits. Like, he yeah. hasn't just... been practicing. That's what this this episode is saying. He hasn't <laughs> exactly. been practicing at all for this very important I, thing. Yeah, the thing, the answer yeah. is he didn't lose his memory. Vulcan Spock had no fucking clue what this ritual was no. either, which is bizarre to me. Considering the weight that is placed upon it, um, yeah. But I mean, really, it really, really wasn't weird. that big of a deal. I mean, he Clearly made some not. fucking tea, you know. The, yeah. the sin, the sin I wrote down was: is pain an emotion? Like, is is he less able to handle pain as a um, as a human? No, it, it's so they like, don't have they have it a high pain tolerance. <laughs> So it wouldn't like, have even do, have been part yeah. of it. They would have just been like lifting it up right. and very slowly walking and then slowly pouring yeah, versus a human has to overcome the pain to do. The so thing. they do have a higher pain they, tolerance. They yes. do, correct. They have okay. super strength and a higher pain tolerance. Yeah, okay. that's the And also key they suppress their smell because it's better too. Everything is pretty much better about them in general. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Um, the other part of, sorry, this is linked to the ritual. Every single bit of that ritual is keyed to be about Stuff that he can't do now that he's Vulcan, like now that he's human. It's so specifically anti-human that it was just like, this is going to test you as if they knew you were going to be human <laughs> right, trying to do Right, it's designed this. that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my next one would be that uh, the riff on this being like the call center bad guys, but there was no hold music. Mm. <laughs> we would have then played our own hold music. Mm -hmm. Royalty free. Yeah. I think that would have worked. I think they could have done that. I don't think that would have been too far. I no, think that I, would have been really fun. Especially if they, if Uhura had like her tricorder and was just like, yeah, it's some kind of harmonic resonance in the <laughs> thing around us. <laughs> they could have easily explained yeah, that. Yeah, that joke should have been in there. That would have that been really been funny. That would have been really funny. <laughs> um, it's not uncommon for two people to uh, be quote unquote eating in a conversation and neither one of them having touched their food. Mm -hmm. It does, mm -hmm. however, super annoy me when somebody just holds something in their hand that they haven't eaten yet and then, puts it back and then put it back down. Like, yes. like if you're going to uh. put it down, you put it down as soon as the conversation, you don't just, it looks so unnatural. It was yeah. one of the most fake looking things in the entire episode was when she just holding that sandwich during the conversation. What's impressive about that is that it's done to look natural. The whole point of that is so that it yeah. looks like you've just stumbled upon these people as they're eating. But and it, it just looks like the prop department brought out sandwiches and you're just sandwiches. holding one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although I will say those sandwiches look fucking delicious. Yeah, like, I'm, really, I'm so eaten. hungry. I'm really I'm hungry. So yes, hungry. Can, we, can we wrap up the show? I'm we'll really hungry. We'll just pause the show now. Yeah. This was just, it's a weird, silly aside and it would just have like a one-line sin. When Spock 
excuses himself and goes into the bathroom and like brings out his communicator and says, Mbenga, I need some help. This is not going well. And the scene would just be like, this is going great. You're fine. You've done most of it. Like, it's just, it's weird how they, how he exclaims how terrible it's going when it's not, they're buying it. Like, you're fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, My next sin would be uh, La'an Nunyan Singh is not Deanna Troy in this scene. When, <laughs> right. When Why she's she giving the him the counsel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was weird. It was very. I like giving everyone something to do, but she is not ship's counselor. <laughs> the scene where all of the friends are parroting back to him how to be Vulcan was fantastic. And mm-hmm. that would have been a so fine funny. thing. But I, I don't know what character would have been in place. Like maybe Mbenga would have been a good one because he's obviously really familiar with. And, and it kind of did this weird thing where he's like, yeah, I'm having stirring feelings. Yeah, it, it wanted the sexual girl. attraction thing to happen. That's yeah. what they wanted to happen, which I think could have still happened with Mbenga, to be honest. Sure. Um, yeah. Or Pike. Or Una. Really anybody anyone, on the ship. Anyone on the ship. They are beautiful. <laughs> Pelia. Bring Pelia in and That's it will right. happen. Thank goodness. Um, no, but that, that role could have been played by Una. I always think that other than the doctor, the first officer kind of has to be the closest to a ship's counsellor when you mm. don't have a ship's counsellor. That's yeah. your personnel problem. Your personnel person. Um, and also, I would love to just see her on the fucking screen more often. Like, grrr. Uh, Ian, anyway. question for you. Let's do it. I think I've heard you talk about this before, and I couldn't remember what you had said, so I want I want you to refresh me. Mm. Uh, they once again, uh, Pike once again men- mentions that the synthetic herbs are synthetic. different. Yeah. You can tell the difference uh-huh. between the Sin- synthetic and the oh, yeah. and the grown. Sin- uh, you guys get it, Sin. <laughs> so synthetic. I wanted to hear you rant a little bit <laughs> on that. It more. And explain it a little bit more. Why that, okay, that's well, it's nonsense. Sin, and then it's synthetic, and we're synthetic. Not the getting sins, it. And then, not getting oh, it. Okay. Oh, you mean him explain? The, oh, the Man. synthetic. Now. Oh, got it. Got it. Yep. Nope. <laughs> you guys get it. You guys, Do you get, guys it? get it. You guys get it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Next week. We... No, I. This is a bugbear, and I'm probably the only person in the world that thinks. You've mentioned this. bugbear twice. Are you okay? I like bugbears. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that, is that not a thing? Never heard I that. I mean, it's uh, something in, in Dungeons States. and Dragons, right? Is it a creature? A, there's a bugbear. Bug what word am I thinking? No, I don't know. I think thing. that we should just make bugbear a thing, though, now. Yeah. So, so keep going. I keep think going. it's an English thing. Anybody English in the live chat, tell me. Thank you. So <laughs> it is. Um, my main bugbear with the, the replicated thing is that, yeah, it's really fun to say the replicated stuff isn't real because it's quote-unquote made by a computer. Mm-hmm. My problem is the computer is making it molecule by molecule. Right. It is the thing. Scientifically, now, yeah. They must be talking about some ineffable thing where <laughs> oregano just smells better when it's fresh and it's nothing to do with the fucking molecules that make it up. But it is. It's all in the molecule. So I've just never bought that. Unless there's something I don't understand about replicators, how it's been explained in the show is you put that molecular pattern into the computer, the computer uses energy to uses stuff to convert energy into matter using those molecules. If it's not the molecules, I don't know what it is. You know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see a scene at some point where somebody puts Pike to the test uh, and like uses synthetic herbs in one and grown herbs in the other, and he gets it wrong. And he realizes that it's just been this psychological thing. Yes, uh, exactly. I would love that. That'd be great. That would be incredible. Now, just 
the live chat is now jumping in, not because of Bugbear, but because of the way I said oregano. Yes, oregano, <laughs> if you prefer, but I don't. It's oregano. I was right. Uh, Bugbear is the uh, the UK version of bugaboo, um, which is a more American phrase. Yeah. What's electric boogaloo? <laughs> no, a bugaboo. A bugaboo. That's mm -hmm. interesting. You guys are weird. Which is okay. an object of fear or alarm, something that bothers you. It's a bugaboo. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't fear a bug. Okay, I fear a D and D bugbear. Bugbear is more something that gets on my nerves. It's irritating. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But something that annoys it. you. Okay, well, but but it brings you alarm. Like it's it, you know gets under your skin. Gets under your skin. Off. How about that? There we go. That's yeah. a nice one. Any more sins? <laughs> yes, I have one more. Right, let's go. Um, to Pring makes a joke that Spock, as human Spock, laughs at. <laughs> yes, he does. Which is more strange? That T'Pring made a joke. What was the joke? Or that Spock laughed at it. She what says, the the, she says, yeah. I suppose it's in the same way. It's fascinating that some species eat their young. And I he think that's at a it. valid observation. I think both things can be true. You can make a valid observation that happens to be funny without trying to be funny. She delivers a joke. She she but, is talking but, about her. But I think I think we yeah. find it funny. But like to them, it's probably more of like of a referential thing. Like this is how serious this yeah. is to her. Fascinating, but really disgusting. I think is what she's going for. But uh -huh. yes, but I think they did a good job of making her tell a joke. That could also not be a joke to a Vulcan. Uh-huh, yeah. I, I think me, that's a she stretch. the line. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe. But Vulcans can be funny. Like, Spock has told jokes, even in, in TOS. It can it, it can happen. Let's do, this is going to be fun. Um, was it in the trailer? The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. You will die without honor. Shut up, Wesley. Get off my bridge. This is the part of the show where we ask, was it in the trailer? Um, go on, guys. I've got, th <laughs> got three things. Three things that were in the trailer. Was one of them Spock with human ears? Yep. Spock with human ears. Yes! In the trailer. More so, Spock with human ears saying what the F is in the trailer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, cool. that whole bit is in is in a teaser trailer. Great. Um, two more. Good job, Hollywood. Yeah. Right. You totally get it. Don't. Get okay, we so need. we know the spoiler, the, the, the trailers are spoilery. So was the kiss in there? Kiss is in there. The That's so done. stupid. That's it's so, so stupid. Dumb. Oh it's the my worst. god. This uh, when she, when Spock says, "What are we doing?" and she's like, "I don't know," and then they start kissing again. It gives away. So, like I kind of thought maybe it's a memory wipe episode where they don't know who they are, but it's still fucking. That's not why I'm watching this show. She says, "I don't know." <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then carry on kissing in the trailer. Uh, the chat I think said the last one, so. Yes, uh -huh. the the air punching. Thank you, chat. Yeah, Yay, Spock. Chat. Woo -woo. Spock We're three for three today. We got all three of them today. Well today done. You've been is our day. Yeah, he walks into the bathroom, does his punching in midair, which kind of looks like a yippee moment in the yeah, trailer. It could it be does. both like, ways. Yeah. It could kind be, of like, fuck yeah, yeah, let's go. But yeah. yeah, interesting, interesting trailers, trailers. How do they work? <laughs> well, with that, thank you for listening, everybody. Man, that's fun. Oh no, I had one last question. Last, last. Uh, like kind of episode one, two, and three, and by episode three, Aaron, I think yeah. both of you as well, Danae, were like, "I'm done with Strange New Worlds. I would not be watching this show." Has last weekend this week done enough to bring you back in and forgive episode one, two, and three? I have an answer and bring for this. You back on board. I have an answer for this, and the answer is no. And I'll tell you why. Because I wouldn't have seen them. Oh yeah, but oh, that's, that's yeah, a fair right. answer. It's because fair that's answer. that's the the uh, the assumption oh. of the question. 
is that they could bring you back once. But once you've stopped well, watching the show, whole point is somebody would have had that. to tell me, I promise it gets better. I would have had to have believed yeah. them and gone, yeah, okay, I'll get, get back into it, which is possible. Mm -hmm. That might happen. And if that happened and I watched these two episodes, I'd be like, okay, but I'm still hurt. Like, <laughs> like I'm, still, still I'm still in pain. <laughs> still sucked. Danae, yeah. would you have been uh, glad that you stuck with it? This episode is my favorite so far. I think if I think if someone said showed this episode to me first, I'd be in because this does what I want Strange New Worlds to do. It shows the yes. dynamic between the crew. It shows a bit of an adventure. The humor is place super to on start. point. So I really loved this one. Um, last week's was at least an adventure on a new planet, kind of solving a mystery. I would have put that one second because it kind of felt like a little dip down slightly. Um, and then do some flashbacks maybe, and then show like how uh una came back you know or just these the other ones potentially because again i think that they're doing something important with the character work um the laon and uh kirk one would be like a le out of left field experience like a like a, oh that's a strange one to do so but yeah we're we're, we're yeah. part way through that's interesting but I think that because of the timeline of trying to show getting everybody back together, this is what they decided to do. But I mm. probably wouldn't have like this is a really, really great episode for me because it reminds me so much about what I loved of the first one. I love these characters and I love these actors all together and they're having such a good time. And I really needed to laugh today and it was perfect. But yeah. I'm with Aaron. I would have already been out. That and, stings. That stings. Yeah, it's it's tough. And, too and let me let me let me be clear. I, I just I don't have a lot of time to consume things and I'm not mm. such a Trek fan that I would do everything anyway. Like yeah, I have other difference. stuff I yeah. love that I'm not watching because I just don't have the time to watch it. So I watch for the show and I'm glad that I do. And it's an interesting experiment to watch something uh, along with you, Ian, and then also obviously a growing fan base. And again, we guys thank you guys so much for downloading the podcast and for for the new people that are finding the show, we really appreciate you coming on, along this journey with us because it's different. You know, it's people trying to figure out like, how do we like the Star Trek thing? Mm -hmm. And I love Star Trek. I'm really loving the universe and the world. But from a storytelling perspective and a capturing my attention perspective, this season's been a bit of a struggle. Is it a Picard mm -hmm. struggle? <laughs> I don't know. I'll think about that one. I think, yeah. I think, I think Whoa. this is <laughs> in your face. Pod podcast listener, eyes went wide. He was shaking his head. It was, it was as if I'd asked him to eat diarrhea. Well, but, 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 but let me be clear. Uh, first, I, I would not do that. But then second, <laughs> uh, the, the clip, the truth of the matter for me is I would still be watching the show. It has not like when mm. I when I said uh, I kind of feel like I might be, you know, if we weren't doing the show, I kind of feel like I might be done with this. Um, that was an exaggeration for how I actually operate when I watch stuff. Uh, and Danae bringing up Picard is a great example. I thought the last season of Picard was pretty bad. Uh, but I watched it all the way through. And part of that is just investment in something. Part mm -hmm. of that is because I watch stuff I know I'm not going to enjoy because I enjoy the conversation about it. I'm yeah. weird. Mm -hmm. I get it. I understand. Like, I, like I'm like i a weird a weird person in that way. So I would still be watching this. And it would be encouraging. To, this episode would definitely be encouraging um, yeah. 
to me. I, I would still, I am still a little bit off put by how connected every single episode yeah, has to be. It's getting me as well. To a character's evolution. And yeah. I, I know those are some of the, our most fun episodes of Star Trek are when something applies directly to one of our favorite characters, but it's not every episode in the, the other shows that we love. Some are mm-hmm. just adventures that don't have to have this, you know, bigger connection to a plot point or a growth that's going on through the season and this season so far every single one has had to and it's starting to worry me um it's i almost, just don't know that they can help themselves i just yeah, don't know it almost like it's almost like they're worried that people will think they're stalling or will get impatient with the show if they don't carry on with these threads and uh it's just not the case not for me like i love the episodic nature is one of the only episodic tv shows out there um i bloody love it and, well and there's and there's literally something in every episode that you need to yes. understand yes. an overarching plot point oh and that's, correct uh-huh yeah. no i agree with that i agree okay well next week we'll be back at the same bat time same bat place um cinema sins live on twitch at 12 30 ct and on the cspn youtube channel got it in one let's freaking go thank you live chat for joining us thank you at home for la- downloading and listening um and it's, damn it i've got my quote damn it wait wait, wait. i don't remember that from the show yeah, at i don't all. remember that one no, at all. No, i don't remember that quote no uh i'm your captain and i'm out of here because my protein sequences keep collapsing into goo and it's um I don't think your fellowship is ready for me. <laughs> Can confirm. And it's a delightful cocktail of anger, fear, sexual attraction, and hunger from me. Ain't <laughs> yeah, that the truth? Live long and potspa. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through Captain's Pod at CinemaSins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. The fish is still in the freezer. That's something that we need to talk about. Oh, no. Update part. I think this is part four. So the fish is in the freezer. However, you've had to put it on pause because you haven't been very well. You've been poorly. That's understandable. Yeah, that's why. For sure, if I felt great, (laughs) I definitely... would have been dealt with. (laughs) There's something about going out into the yard and digging a hole for a dead thing that... Well, let's just be honest. I've never done it. The only time that I've ever dug a grave for anything in my entire life was when my brother and I decided to bury a balloon that we were fond of when we were like seven and six. (laughs) Was it still inflated? No. (laughs) Okay, so it had passed. We were mourning its popped death. That's Okay, fair enough. That makes more Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. I've never really had to dig a grave before. Mm. Mm -hmm. I've had to dig too many, but onto the show. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, no explanation needed. I actually thought about taking it out of the freezer and looking at it, like just out of morbid curiosity, because I put it into the freezer and then just as like, I don't want to even look at this again. But I have thought about reaching for it a, a couple of times this past well, Just week. to have a look? Yeah, just to kind of have that like... Yeah, morbid. Yeah. This is what a frozen fish sickle looks like. That's right. <laughs> It's more like a puck because it's in a, it's like it's in a circular container. So if I was to somehow remove just the frozen bit, it would be a layer of the pretty rocks that I took out of the fish tank so that it would at least have some decor and it's goodbye, you know. Oh, my and, goodness. Okay. And then, yeah. and then it has, you uh-huh. know, the water. And of course, the fish is at the top because it, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like no. if I would have been thinking about it. And also very morbid. I would have gone back in as it slowly froze and like rearranged it so it kind of looked like it was swimming. But no, I just stuck it in there. So it's just like, yeah. really, it's just the water is sort of sandwiched 
between a dead fish and rocks. So I could I could yeah. technically unpuck it after like letting it get a oh, little no, that warm thing is and then fully pucked. There is no there is no unpucking that fish. It is pucked beyond repair. It's it it so is, pucked. It is poo barred. <laughs> pucked pucked up beyond all recognition. Google wants to keep my stuff safe or something. What stuff? What stuff have you got that needs keeping safe? Apparently my email every once in a while boots me out and it's like, nope, we need you to sign in again. And I have to remember passwords. I was about to share what I do for all of my passwords. <laughs> I'm not going to share that. Aaron, if people want to get a special video from you, where, where should they go to do that? A special video? Yeah. If they, oh, if they want yes. to like for their family I don't think it's friends. set up yet. I don't think it's set up get yet. Get on that. Come on. My mum was dying for it. <laughs> Gagging for it, as you say no, in England. didn't say that. No, did not. Isn't that what you did say? not say that. Isn't that what you say? No. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay. Not about my mum. <laughs> okay. Got a weird email. Uh, I guess it's not weird. I guess it's just an email from Cameo that was like, hey, uh, you're you're approved to be a, a famous person on Cameo that people can That's pay amazing. to get a video from you or whatever. You have you have earned enough society points to elevate you to the next tier. I have no idea. Listen, I have no idea why this came to me, where it came from. I I immediately contacted Jeremy and was like, "Hey, did you get one of these too?" Because I thought maybe it's through T, like the narrator for TV sends or something. Yeah. He's like, no, I've never gotten anything like that. I'm like, how how do I get this email? What is going on? <laughs> Just so you know, the stage I am at is record your intro video to finish setting up your account. So that's where I got mm. stopped in setting up okay. my cameo. So nice. So yeah, <laughs> you should just be really honest. Just like I don't know who all that's of the plan. You I'm just gonna hit as... record and be like, I don't know why you want this, but feel free. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, all this I can is say. What I do. Yeah, I will. That's I amazing. will send your profile. I will. I will send your social media profile for twenty five dollars. Yes. yes. <laughs> so you know how you mentioned I've been unwell. Yeah. Do you want me to I, not? I want. No, it's fine. At one moment, I decided to lay like between the dogs they were kind of curled up with uh. each other in this adorable shape and so i just laid my head back in them and they were both licking either side of my head and it was like <laughs> i felt so loved <laughs> <laughs> this pathetic human needs to be licked this reminds me i wanted to ask you this today we have you know we watch dogs for other people it's what we do now we literally have someone else's dog in our house 90 yeah. percent of the year that's awesome um it, it is kind of awesome i kind of love it uh but we are watching a miniature dachshund right now um and he's nervous he's you know and smaller dogs often are he's got you know uh some medicine he takes uh for his nerves but he'll pace a little bit when he's nervous do different things but when we put him in bed at night he immediately goes to my right arm and starts licking my arm and hand and he will not stop until you force him wow. to stop. like literally last night i just kind of spaced out watching something and realized he'd been licking my arm for probably 40 minutes <laughs> like i'm oh not god. kidding like the entirety of a show oh my like, god <laughs> your arm is just like a different shade <laughs> to the rest of it I'm like my arm has never been this clean <laughs> Uh, this one was from Exponents2046, which I don't know that I've seen chatting on YouTube before. So thank you for joining. Yeah, uh, says, the problem out. with canon hey. is not that Spock and Chapel kiss or express feelings. The problem with canon is that nobody on the Enterprise knows who T'Pring is in a muck time. 
Uhura, who is she? So uh, thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, it's a tricky one that I think they've chosen to put away. I, don't I never think... saw I never saw her in the same room with Tupring in this episode. We haven't. But it's <laughs> really, really getting hard when she, you know she's on the ship. Does she? Um, Does she? Or she just she yeah. just know that Spock's fiance is? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go into a sin from Flyboy on YouTube who says, I have a sin about the interview. Is the Vulcan Science Academy saying plagiarism is logical? That gave this former English teacher convulsions. <laughs> yeah, it did sound like that. It's yeah, like, it no, you have to repeat weird, everything exactly how it was. So essentially, you just copy and paste You're something. quoting it. Yeah. But you also have to be able to quote it aloud. And it seemed like that interview wasn't her quoting things back. It was just what she had written. It was That I was really strange. It, it is a bit odd. I think the idea is that our built-in human thing is to create a synthesis and add our own voice to it. And the Vulcans would be like, well, this wouldn't have been published if it wasn't perfect. So why are you trying to improve it? Just read it verbatim and it's already perfect. Uh, let's see. Here's a, a sin from Twitch from Sarah Superior who says, Sin, Ortega doesn't take a bite out of her yummy sandwich. Correct. And that shit needed to be eaten. It was beautiful. Well, I guess they got it to go. So I guess technically they were munching it on the way to the shuttlecraft. Maybe. Talk about crumbs. What a weird thing. I mean, just have a replicator, replicate a new one when you're ready. I don't understand. Right? I don't, they don't have, they don't have replicators yet. What, whatever what? it is, not replicator. Then they, they do have. Um, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. It's a. Wait, what? They don't have replicators in Strange New Worlds yet. They have. But he's talking else. about the difference between synthesized stuff. So they, they do have something. They have some guys. I think it's actually called a food synthesizer. So maybe okay. that is why. Maybe that's why that actually makes sense. Because they don't have the full matter replication thing yet. Mm. Yeah, your sin is moot, bitch. Oh, I ain't editing it out. People can just correct me in the comments. Fuck it. That'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, Nick says, Sin, Pike is supposed to be super good at first contact and diplomacy, but acted like a bumbling fool when talking to Yellow. And I wouldn't have it any other way. It was great, like, but Pike. this sin is so My true. Like, 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 when the creature's like, I'm Yellow... Like, how is a captain of a starship thrown off by that? Like, the it, the name could be anything, right? Like, yeah, and you've got to know that that's just the universal translator doing its best mm. approximation of what right. this creature believes yellow is. Yeah, that that's that's mugging for the audience. Correct. Here's one from Flyboy Sin. What is subimpulse speed as opposed to sublight speed? So you have got um, thrusters, impulse, and warp speed. Thrusters is for it's like the air jets, quote unquote, and mm. like the, the red, the like a hot tub. Uh, yeah, okay, it's like <laughs> the hot tub on the space machine, um, and it, that's for like little maneuvers and just really gentle stuff. Impulse is like going all the way up to like a, I think it's like half the speed of light. Like it can go really, really fast. That's good for traveling inside a solar system. And then light speed is faster than light. I think we're going to go on to some questions. Questions. Question for, this is not related to Star Trek at all, but Ian, who trolls you more, Aaron or Danae? <laughs> the answer is yes. It's a fair answer. I think Danae, because we do this show more than the three of us. Mm. So I think, I think, oh, I don't know, because Aaron kind of loves that he can troll me because this is a new thing in friendship for him. So I like that I control you. <laughs> point I think made. that just yeah point, point made. made there we go 
Um, we were talking about like creating the perfect person and how we can't really control a person. You should just let them be who they are and like love them despite there being some quote unquote flaws with them. And so Flyboy says, you mean you wouldn't reprogram your holographic lover like Janeway did? Well, a holographic it's lover is a little different up. than uh, real life <laughs> so that interpersonal relationship. All the holographs are like, wait, I'm, I matter. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. You're energy. You light. You light. You light. You not matter. Uh, it it's really great. She literally, you see what I did there with this. That was good. Yeah, that was good. You. Yeah, that was nice. You know, I completely stole that from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, so there is this like ongoing hologram program on Voyager, and Janeway kind of falls in love with one of the attractive Irish barkeep bar landlord people. As one people, does. As one does. But there's certain things like he's not very educated because he's he's in like they're in like 1700s or no probably 1800s Ireland. And he's like, yeah, I didn't really go to school, so I don't do much reading. So he, she rewrites his program, basically because he's hot, into being this well-read, educated person. But the problem is, he then also comes with a wife. So she just deletes his wife as well. Sounds about right. <laughs> right. Which led to one of the... Sorry, I'm going to keep on with this. It led to the best cosplay I've ever, ever seen at a convention. And I saw this in person. It was a lady in full Victorian gear that just had a sign around her neck saying the deleted wife. Oh, that's and funny. Just incredible. Just the best. So good. Zink also that I just had a ghastly thought. We know the soundproofing on those rooms is terrible, right? So, and Spock has neighbors. Oh, no. You, With the you, whole, like, you say ghastly. Chapel. I say hand me a glass. Oh, you're sick. <laughs> Give them their privacy. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I am Aaron Dicer, now on OnlyFans. 